Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, hello again, and we're back, um, our study of Proverbs, and we've made a little bit of a detour, and we've gone to Deuteronomy chapter 6 to talk about um, how our parents should teach us and how we should listen to our parents. And we're going to continue this uh, in this study, and then we'll be back to Proverbs in the next. But let's open up our Bibles again to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to start in verse 4, Deuteronomy chapter 6. And verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Uh, Thank you for your loving kindness, your mercy. Thank you for those who are watching, especially for the young people, Lord. I pray that you would bless them that grace would be multiplied to them, that they would know Christ, that they would love him, that they would love the word of your son, the word of God, the scriptures. Lord, that they would be transformed by their reading, their study, their meditation. Father, I pray for the parents who may be listening and I pray that you would strengthen them with grace that they too would study your word, that they would pray, and they would be able to teach their children, not just with their mouth, Lord, but with their example. Lord, please help us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, sometimes when I'm teaching this course, you'll maybe see me fighting off a yawn or two, and it's a uh, because sometimes I do this early in the morning, sometimes I do it late at night, and then sometimes I make the mistake of doing it uh, right after lunch. And uh, today it's right after lunch, so uh, we'll see if we can make it through. We've got some exciting things to talk about. Now, just uh, let's just briefly review the big truth, children, that you need to learn, and the big truth, parents, that you need to teach, is there is one God. He made us. He sustains us, and we're accountable to him. And we are to learn to respond to that God in love. We are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know, there's only one person who ever did that on this planet. That was Jesus Christ. And that's why we seek to be conformed to his image. And, And the true test of spirituality, yeah, there are rules and commands, and they should not be despised. But the true test of it all, is loving the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbor as ourself. Now, 
He goes on. He says, these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now, children, they should be in your heart. Young people, in your heart. But he's talking to parents here. He's talking to dads and moms. And, um, you know, there is a great neglect. Even in sincere, godly churches, there, there is a neglect in some ways in all of our lives to degrees of the Word of God. And if you're going to be uh, teaching your children, if you're going to be an example to your children, then know this. The Word of God has to be in your heart. The Word of Christ has to dwell in your heart richly. It really does. And, and it requires discipline. You say, well, I have to go to work early in the morning. I know. I have come back late and I know. But I, I'm sorry, that's no excuse for not studying, reading, uh, meditating upon, memorizing, applying the Scriptures. And it's the job not just of the Father, but of the mother. Uh, we want uh, young boys to know that they need to be good theologians. And we want young girls to know that they need to equally be good theologians. That they need to think right thoughts about God and speak right thoughts about God. And parents, if you're going to have a place in that, well, you've got to study the scriptures. So be in a church where the scriptures are truly preached. And then you yourself study the scriptures that you might be an instrument of teaching your children. Now, let's go on. You shall teach them diligently to your sons. This includes daughters. Again, I want to make this so clear. Um, one, you know one of the greatest sadness, one of the, a great sadness that I have in my heart is one of the most unreached people groups on the planet are, are, are women. And that there, there cannot be a neglect of biblical um, study for women and biblical teaching for women and not just about women. Sure, they need to know about how to be a woman from the scriptures. They need to know about, um, you know, how to uh, how to raise a family and be a wife and stuff. But it doesn't stop there. That's just something that's unique to them. They need to be good theologians. They need to know about God. They need to know the attributes of God, the works of God, the decrees of God, the salvation that God has accomplished through His Son, how it happened, what was done, what it means, how it's applied, absolutely everything, a future hope. Don't ever think your daughters need less of God than your sons. That's wrong. That's wrong. We're all created in the image of God. All right? Now, so, you shall teach them diligently. Now, let me look at my notes here. I remember I wrote something down. The word diligent means to to engrave to, to to engrave it into the minds and hearts of your children. Now, this is not manipulation. This is not by force. What is it? It's father, mother are the commandments is the full counsel of God, the gospel, is it precious to you? Are you engraving it on your heart and in your mind? You see, everything that we are begins with the mind. It must be grasped with the entirety of our person, and then it begins to transform us. And, and you need to see something. You want your children to love Christ? You, you need to love Christ. 
And, and you need to study the word until it is, it's engraven. Now I know you could be like me. I have a terrible memory. It's so difficult for me to remember uh, Bible verses and everything, especially after my heart attack. It's very difficult, but that's no excuse. Um, this is so important that difficult doesn't matter. And so we need to engrave these things in our own minds and hearts. And then we need to do so with our children. Now, um, how, do we, how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, look, look at what it says here. In verse 7, You shall teach them diligently to your sons. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise up. So yes, I do believe that there should be family devotions in a specific place, in a specific time, with all the family gathered there. We do that about four times a week in our home. But that's you, you don't read the Bible and then put it up. You don't talk about Jesus and then that's it. You, you did your due diligence for the day. It, it's, we, we study the scriptures so that we might carry the scriptures with us throughout the rest of our waking hours. We, we think about Jesus. We talk about Jesus in these times of devotion so that throughout the day, he might be a reality to us. He might be, um, you know, conscientiously, we're thinking about him. We're thinking about pleasing him. Now, no man, no woman has mastered this. I don't want you to bring, bring you into false condemnation. But, but this whole thing about Christianity is not an hour every day. It's not some quiet time. It's, it's everything we do all the time. And so um, we have a Bible study in my home with my children. We talk about the things of God. But if I'm out building something with my, my boys or, or my little girls, they help too. Um, you know, we can also talk about Scripture. We live here in, in the Appalachians, you know, are, are right near us and mountains and kayaking rivers and stuff. And we love to do stuff outdoors. And we can talk about God there. God's not something that, that is kind of like isolated or packaged or takes one segment of life. He's through every part of life. Every part of life. They need to, you need to speak much of him. But more than that, they need to see you when you're building, see you when you're kayaking, see you when you're doing all kinds of things and see that God is just important to you in those times as when you're seated with your Bible and giving them instruction. So it's about walking with God and practicing the presence of God by by memorizing his word, by meditating on his word, and, and by realizing with everything you see, it is, it is made by God. It is for God's glory. And everything you do is to be done for the glory of God. And how do you get that way? You don't get that way in a day or a week or a year. And none of us make it to the end perfect. But fathers and mothers, listen to me. What is the best time to plant a tree, an apple tree? Uh, 30 years ago, that's the best time to plant an apple tree. Uh, when's the second best time? Today. So if you've been neglectful of the word, well, stop being neglectful of the word. And you say, well, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know how to do it. I don't even know how to read the Bible. 
Well, you could go talk to your pastors. But I can give you, I can tell you what I do. I mean, get you a, uh, get you a good study Bible. The ones I recommend are um, John MacArthur's study Bible. The ESV study Bible is a good study Bible. Uh, the Reformation Heritage study Bible. Um, the Reformation study Bible from Ligonier. Um, wonderful notes can be very, very helpful. Keep you between the lines. Start reading. You don't understand something? Look down at the notes. Keep going. Just read and read. And here's the thing. As you go through Scripture, Mom and Dad, more and more, you'll begin to interpret Scripture with Scripture. You'll begin to say, oh, you know, uh, Abraham believed God. What did that mean? You go over to Romans chapter 4 and you see it's all kind of explained. And you see, as you read through the Scripture, you will begin to have greater and greater clarity. God will bless your diligence. And you need to do this for you. You need to do this for your children. But also, and most importantly, you need to do it for the glory of God. I'm right now working on a, a book, and, and I just wrote a chapter on the uh, only unexpected person. That, that, uh, that's Jesus. He's the only person in history that was prophesied to come with so many intricate and detailed prophecies. And he came and he fulfilled them all. But the, at the end of the study, I came to uh, 1 Peter, where he says that angels long to look in these things. And he talks about the prophets studied diligently to try to discover the person and time of the Messiah. And that the apostles who were privy to that information, they spent their whole life preaching it. And that even angels, literally in the Greek, the word is they bend over, they stoop over to look into these things that God has done for us in Christ. They're that important. If they're that important to angels, they should be even more important to us who've been redeemed by the blood of Christ. So start reading the word. You say, if you start parents, if, you've, if you're at zero, children, if you're at zero, then tomorrow don't, don't read an hour. I've seen that. You know, you go from zero to 60, and then three days later, you don't do anything. Look, start with a chapter a day and grow into more. And the most important thing is not how much you cover. It's, it's that you're actually sincerely seeking God. So we need to study his word. Now, another thing uh, people ask me all the time, you know, how did you do? How do you do uh, your Bible study with your children? Well, it's a lot different than what people think. A lot of people think, you know, oh my goodness, do a Bible study in Paul Washer's house. You know, he's probably, the kids are probably sitting there seven days a week, you know, for an hour and a half at a time. No, not at all. That's not the way we do it. You see, we do believe in the local church. And my children go to church. And our elders, uh, I'm not one of them, our elders are good expositors of the scriptures. And my children are going to get you know, hour-long messages in our church on Sunday morning, probably Sunday night and Wednesday night, they are going to hear the Word of God. And, and, and my family altar is not a substitute for uh, good preaching in the church. Do not underestimate it. And if you're, if you're in a church where there's just no emphasis on preaching, you probably need to go somewhere else. Now, so what do we do? Our Bible studies for the last, I don't know, 16 years have uh, usually are about 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes. And if they go longer, it's because the kids have more and more questions. 
But actually, the, usually the time is about 20 minutes. I was talking to someone the other day and they said, you know, that their children were really not liking Bible study and family devotions. And I said, well, what are you doing? He said, well, we meet seven days a week and, and it's an hour long and we read so many chapters of this and we do this and we do that. And I said, oh my. <laughs> I said, um, I think I can understand the reason for the rebellion. Um, don't put upon children more than they can bear and make it where they may want more, but they're not dreading it. So what we do is we pick a book of the Bible. All my uh, when when I first my first child was born, I, I just came under this anxiety, you know, looking for all this perfect discipleship material. And of course, I couldn't find any because there's only one perfect literary work, and it's called the scriptures. And there's nothing wrong with using studies. That's not what I'm saying. But I decided that I would just go through books of the Bible. So we've been through, I think, probably all the New Testament. Uh, we've been through Proverbs, I think, I don't know, three or four times I've said. Um, we're going through it now because I have a boy that's getting ready to go to college, so I want to go through Proverbs one more time. Um, and what we do is we sit down, and first of all, we are terrible singers. Um, we don't sing a lot in our Bible studies. I, I leave that to our our church where they... Uh, where our voices, the voices of the washers, get drowned out by, by everybody else. So we're not great singers. But what we do is, uh, let's say my, my three readers are Ian, Evan, and Rowan. Uh, Bronwyn's only. She just turned four, so she's not quite up to par of reading out of the New American Standard yet. But she's there in the, in the thing, in our Bible study. And um, I'll say, um, I always start with Rowan, my 12-year-old. My and I say, Rowan, first verse. So she read Proverbs 1.1, 1, 1. and then I'll talk about it. Uh, they'll talk about it. We'll ask questions. Okay, Evan, verse 2, and Evan reads verse 2, and we'll talk about it. Sometimes I'll ask them, what does it mean, things like that, and we'll talk about it. And then, okay, Ian, verse 3, and usually we do six verses. I make it through each of them twice, and uh, then we pray. And But sometimes, um, you know, usually, like I said, it's 20 minutes, and uh, but sometimes it's like, Dad, but what does this mean? Or Dad, what about this? Or what about this? And then it may just go off course completely and get into other matters with regard to the scriptures or applying scripture to life. The one thing I don't want my kids to do is, first of all, when you start out, your kids won't be Christians. And don't press upon them and make it just a, a, just some sort of legalistic, just drudgery that they cannot stand. By the time they're nine years old, they just, all they want is out. Um, another thing with children, um, don't, don't always, don't put them frequently in, in situations where they're going to lose. What I mean by that, in, in these long, elongated uh, Bible studies and different things. No, I like to leave them looking forward to coming back. And um, they know 15, 20 minutes with dad. But you say, well, that seems kind of short. Yeah, but you're forgetting what we read here. Verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's just, 
it's the word of God is to encompass every aspect of your life, you see. And and so, you know, we're building a, a deck right now for mom in the backyard. And so, you know, we, we can talk about things. And it's not always. Uh, parents, listen to me. Um, like we have a meal after church. We have a fellowship meal every Sunday. Well, we did before the coronavirus. And... Um, you know, when I walk around the table, I hear conversations about everything. And, and we don't have a rule that says, in that fellowship meal, you, Christ, you have to talk about Christ or we're going to take your food away or something. Here's what we teach the people. That you're with friends and you can talk about all sorts of things. Because you haven't seen each other for a week. But just keep this in mind. If the great majority of your conversations demonstrate an absence of Christ. Some adjustments need to be made. There's nothing wrong to talk about, you know, we have we have students and talking about football games or talking about all sorts of things, you know, going to the rivers, hiking, whatever, friendships, what's going on. No, th that's okay. But know this, that if there isn't a theme of Christ running through conversations and he rarely enters in, and there's a problem. It's the same way with my children. Parents, be very, very careful. You know, you, you, somehow we get this thing where our kids ought to want to talk about what we want to talk about. Well, sometimes we ought to listen, find out what they want to talk about. And yes, we should talk about Christ in our Bible studies and also outside of our Bible studies. But um, talk about all kinds of things with your children. Find what they enjoy. And... Um, and it'll go well with you. Always leave them saying, wow, we could have stayed longer. But don't turn your home devotions into just this drudgery that even the most pious Christian may have difficulty with. All right? Um, all right. Well, we're going to be back to Proverbs. And when we get to Proverbs this next time, hopefully we're going to be now sailing a, a little bit faster. The reason why I've spent so much time in these first several sermons just dealing with a few verses is because I wanted to lay a foundation and I wanted to avoid many of the pitfalls that people have. And the biggest one is this. Well, let me give you two. One is that Proverbs is all about principles. You need to understand everything in Christianity is about Christ. Um, the second is that that you could just, you know, teach these things and your kid, your child is going to turn out to be perfect and it doesn't work that way. We have an obligation to teach and to love and to reflect Christ. But ultimately, it all comes down to the grace of God. And yes, they need Proverbs, but they need the Christ who wrote Proverbs. He's the only one who can transform their life. You can't do it through coercion or force or manipulation, but only through sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, even when you open up the book of Proverbs. All right, so we'll see you in the next lesson and um, hopefully get back to Proverbs. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about Park Cry Missionary Society.